The propaganda serves the agenda, but who sets the agenda? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And I try to tell you what are the real reasons behind the news. The big 24-7 cable cycle that you hear the same stories over and over again. In my opinion, even though they might not seem interesting or relevant to you, they probably are. Because I actually believe that they don't get into that cycle unless they're serving an agenda, serving a purpose. And I try to figure out what that purpose is. And... uh it's not to say that these stories aren't true or real or newsworthy. It's just that they are there. Uh, they are never wasted, as Rahm Emanuel would say. And this this weekend's uh, major story is a very tragic story coming out of Virginia Beach, where a government employee may or may not have been terminated. The story is, uh, I've heard it both ways, 12 are dead, and the shooter is also dead. The The story's changed a little bit. The first, uh, I was following it from the very beginning, and the idea was that uh, there was the, I, I was following it from the beginning, and in the beginning, it said, the police said that the guy was in custody. Now they're saying that he died in a shootout and that people, bystanders, were shot in that shootout and that I think there's four people were wounded and 12 were killed. But I don't want to give the details of the story. I don't want to talk about this person or the event for a couple of reasons. I mean, I'm going to acknowledge it where, and I'm going to tell you why, you know, why I do think it's important. It's the, the reason this is important to all of us, even if we are not actually affected by it directly and, and, People who, innocent people get killed, it's a terrible tragedy and nothing can give you your life back or the life of your loved ones back. There's absolutely no uh, consolation for that and there's no way we can, you know, we can pity them, and, but there isn't much we can do. But it is, it is relevant and important to each and every one of us to make sure that those stories are not exploited for political purposes because that empowers those things or that they're, they provide a demonstration or an example for people to copy, copycats. So I don't like to talk about the details of it. I like to kind of separate the wheat from the chaff and, and talk about why I think these stories are uh, treated always in the same way across the board in social media, the mainstream media, the policy agenda always comes out right away. And and you think, you probably think I'm going to say that the policy agenda is gun control. I do not think that is the policy agenda. I think just like abortion, the gun control issue is not meant to be resolved in the near future. It is meant for two things, gun control in particular. One is, It's meant as a wedge issue, a divisive issue in itself, as a way to keep the parties going, as a way to keep the Supreme Court, the most important 
thing in the country. Uh, it's a way to keep us in what seems to be at this point a religious war. The left-right thing is where people can hate each other because of their creed, which is something we've done away with a long time ago. But that's what that is what this is a part of. But there's more to the gun control, uh, the shooting events than uh, than that, I think, which is this. These mass shooting events are always exploited by the political class to justify other agendas. And the, the number, the main ones in these cases, I think, are surveillance, censorship, and then uh, this wholesale across-the-board attack on due process that's coming from various points of view, but in these cases, it's usually under the guise of mental health. So my position is that no liberties, no property, nothing can be taken away from you, should be taken away from you without due process of law, which I would say is the due process set out in the Constitution, which includes a trial by jury. So there is no reason for people to be incarcerated for mental health uh, quicker than somebody accused of a violent crime with the full capacity of their senses. So... But there's in this case, I think that something else is is another agenda is being served, a side agenda maybe. It's a government building, and I think that they will take this opportunity to really lock down government buildings in particular, but you know increase that barrier between uh, the citizen and their their agents in government. Uh, understandably, if they're target, and that's what they're going to want. But there is a lot of press on the dangers of anti-government sentiment. And that is a very tricky line to walk because anti-government sentiment is what the Bill of Rights is there to protect because power corrupts and we have given the government power and we need to scrutinize it. We need to criticize it. Uh, we need never we must never cross over the lines where you uh, engage in violent action, but but the so we we have to make sure we don't get caught up in emotions and throw out rights with with legitimate self defense. And I think so. The gun issue is the one that that is probably targeting the left to have the left give up these civil rights. If you don't get rid of the guns, then they will acquiesce to some of these other protections. And then on the right, you have other factors that target the right terrorism, drugs, uh, immigration. You just, they, it's, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying these are the factors that these are the big things that are used to tell us that the world is different, that our, that our fundamental rights have to change because the way our legal structures have been set up for thousands of years or have evolved over thousands of years and have worked in, you know, in modern times, those, that paradigm is over. Those, those things are over. And this is where I start. I start wondering if that, you know, if we really get the story, I don't think we get the story because I'm not satisfied that I understand what, what the paradigm shift is here with the shooters. Why is it all happening now? And it's virtually unheard of 20 years ago, because if that, if, if, if there's just some 
psychosocial event happening, you would really expect a lot of other things to be dramatically increasing at the same time. I mean, we're talking multiples, not like a percentage increase, but like many times the amount of these events from a previous era, 20 years ago or so. So, me, you know, one explanation. So, so I don't know. I don't think we get the full story. I don't think we're getting the full explanation. They'll say mental illness is on the rise and that people need to be stopped before they start red flag laws, all that stuff. But why? I've heard uh, the loss of white privilege as being a reason why, you know, like you just hear these stories that that feed into the policy, but not for this particular shooter. But I'm just saying like there that 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 is one an explanation here pop up for me. The one explanation that I would accept that I would would probably think plausible is what I've coined screen induced psychosis. If it's 20 years ago is when we started getting smartphones, maybe 15 years ago, if if it's really that damaging, and I think it might be, and if you look, try to look at the research, it kind of dries up a few years ago. They would never tell us that, in my opinion, because especially with the advent of 5G coming down, because if they are just trying to impose a totalitarian state, and I think they are, they need us to be plugged in. They need that's what the smartphones are for. That's why they give them away to poor people. It's not it's not because they're socialists. It's because they're totalitarian globalists. So that's what, so they would never tell us that. And then, but I think that would account for it. I think that's like having a real impact on our teens. And I think if you know people, you'll see that there is a spike in that, in uh, what I'm calling screen-induced psychosis. But there's another thing that's weird about these stories, um, and maybe it's a a different technology-driven event, is that there would be so many people are killed. And normally in a situation like that, many more people are injured than are killed. But like in this case, I think it was 12 people killed and maybe four injured during a shootout that got wild, is what the reports are. And, uh, you know, perhaps that's a gaming a phenomenon of gaming. Maybe this guy was a gamer. I don't know. But I am not. When they tell me that the paradigm is shifting and we need to change fundamental laws because of it, I need to understand why the paradigm is shifting. And if instead of changing our fundamental legal architecture and our protections, that perhaps we can eliminate the new thing that has caused these problems. So maybe we should look back and say, what is it that is creating this paradigm shift? Because it's it seems narrowly focused to me. And, and my guess is... You could, if you genuinely wanted to see a pattern emerge that you could address by withdrawing a change or alerting people to the dangers of a change, that would be a better way. And that's why I think these stories, it looks to me these stories are exploited for policy, for predetermined policy agendas. Let's figure out what's really going on. And, uh, but there was something, so many things like came out of this uh, that I want to talk about. But one of the things that was important, I thought, was that you don't want uh, uh, when I how I realized how very powerful this idea of setting an example of copycat of mimicry is, uh, because I was looking in the Bilderberg group, the Bilderbergers are having their annual meeting right now. In attendance is George's own Stacey Abrams, Jared Kushner, Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of Defense, in an organization who's absolutely engaged in a conspiracy. They don't tell you what it is. They have an agenda. It affects the world. The most powerful people in the world are there. 
perforce, I guess, because it's a very powerful organization. And you just have to decide whether you think that conspiracy is benevolent or malevolent. And I really want to talk about that, their agenda and who's going to be there. But Peter Thiel is always there. He's supposedly a libertarian, hard to believe, but uh, that's what he says. And his pet project is this idea of mimetics, which I always thought was memetics, memes, and the power of memes, especially the Defense Department using them to enhance dysfunctional subcultures. I'll never get past that one. But there's something different. It's mimetics, and it's about mimicry as being possibly the most powerful uh, um, behavioral lever in human society. And if this guy, if that's his pet project, it's got to be powerful. So I want to talk about a lot of that stuff, um, what's going to come out of Bilderberg, why I am more convinced than ever that this is, there is a, that this is, that almost everything that's going on right now is about that final push towards a kind of connected world that uh, will require a new legal architecture. I don't think I'm on board with that. Let's see if we're in, where we get to consent or withhold consent from that, if that makes any difference at all. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. It's a man A man On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Uh, I'm going to go straight to the phones, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Jordan and Estelle. Jordan, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Um, I called abruptly after hearing the show, and uh, I heard you mention Bilderberg. And one quick point I wanted to make about that was uh, I think it's uh, people think it's kind of weird that Kushner went there, but I actually think it's a good thing because it's good to see somebody with an America first agenda go into these Bilderberg meetings, which, if you remember, 10 to 15 years ago, people used to actually call people that were covering this crazy conspiracy theorist people. And now all of a sudden it's like, mainstream media sounds kind of like those crazy people 10 years ago but uh on the point of the uh mental health thing i just wanted to shoot this out real quick and i'm gonna hang up and listen to your response but uh i i don't think anybody's talking about these shooters being on prescription drugs uh there's a website ssristories.org and uh i think it's pretty cool to sit and read like all these cases and stuff like that and uh no one's mentioning that so uh, the white privilege thing just doesn't do it for me. So I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Thanks. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that out there and throw people off. It does not pertain in this case at all. But uh, but I had seen like the loss of, you know, the male at the the white male at the top of the pyramid is making like a lot of these boys crazy. I mean, you'd have to give me evidence of that. Uh, yeah, the the SSRI thing, I. <sighs> You know, I just don't know. I, I, I think I, I don't I, I have not done the research myself to see if that's a cause or an effect thing. But the fact that a lot of people are on that stuff in itself kind of supports my gut feeling that there is something wrong with maybe it's the technology, maybe it's society. You know, let's take a step back instead of putting people in jail or on drugs. But I'm going to keep taking the calls for four eight seven two zero seven fifty. 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez, on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 
I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we are in a long stretch of that because uh, I'm here all summer long. I get bumped a little bit at football, a little bit for basketball. But we've got lots of good stuff coming up. And if you like the show, want to hear it a second time or hear it commercial free or hear the podcast I do, with my trusty producer, Binkley, here, you can go to thepropreport.com. Wednesdays, we post this show, and Thursdays, we post a podcast, an all-new podcast. So you can hear that there at thepropreport.com. We are talking about uh, a few things. I'm focusing right now, we were talking about the Virginia shooter, that those stories are always used to push an agenda. There's just no two ways about it. Maybe it's your agenda, maybe it's not your agenda, but it is used to push an agenda. Maybe justified, may not be justified. There's always different solutions to a problem, and they're all. But I always think it's more important to understand the causes of the problems. The guns are not the causes of the problem, so we should really think of that. And really scrutinize then why it's always a policy prescription that doesn't necessarily connect with the real causes. I don't think we pay enough attention to the real causes. And an idea that I had suggested that I don't think, if it were true, would ever be revealed. Someone called talking about antidepressants, and maybe that is a factor. Maybe it's a symptom, a coincident symptom. But I think that uh, screen-induced psychosis is a real thing. It is not being studied or talked about. And I think that's because the screens are an essential part of this connected world, this 5G world, the Internet of Things, augmented reality, all the things that are going to get us into a different, a society so different that these laws probably would not work. But that's, but that society, I think, is being imposed from above and not organically uh, emerging from free interaction of people. So I I'm with that I'm gonna go to Joseph in Atlanta. Joseph, you are on with Monica. Hi Joseph. Hi Monica. I've been following you for a long time. Thanks for answering my call. Uh I was just gonna contribute to what you are saying, which is true, which is um the five G, the technology, the augmented reality that we're moving into a society that certain people just may not be able to adjust to. If you remember there was a Twilight Zone called the uh, uh, the obsolete man. If you ever watched that, uh, it, it kind of elaborates on the same concept. A new Twilight Zone or an old one? It's an oh. old one, a black and white. Yep. Uh, it's on YouTube. Okay. I'll check it out. I, I'm um, sure I've seen them all, but I, I, maybe it's been a while. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah. So that's all. That's that's pretty much it. Is that, uh, and, and also with uh, Facebook and all these, these large tech companies shadowing people, uh, perhaps for political opinions or their personality or whatever, uh, people just have to not be able to get hired or getting fired uh, because of their social status, which is obviously the social score oh, um, that just wouldn't even work here. Yeah. You're basically like covering all this stuff that came out of the stuff I was looking at for Bilderberg. There were a couple, first of all, one of the things I'm, that came out of my um, the research I was doing this week, one is called Social Sentinel. Have you ever heard of that? Right. Yeah, it's where, so. it's where the school district, this one company, Gaggle is an example of the company Social Sentinel, they they 
collect all social media posts, even emails and stuff that are done on school servers. Also, the adults in the area, like physically near a school, and they aggregate all that data, which in itself has tremendous value. And then they submit it, subject it to algorithms that set up flags, thousands and thousands of flags. Whether you're joking or not, it's going to come to you. And then I looked at the technology that that is all stemming from, and basically every single major player has a CEO going to Bilderberg this year from Palantir, which is data um, data compilation analysis, a uh, thing called DeepMind, which is the cutting edge of AI, this thing called Jigsaw, which used to be Google Ideas, which the point is to take AI and go through the internet and suppress unwanted, well, what they call dangerous or whatever, ideas. All these things are working together. Uh uh, and and they will contribute. Oh, that was what I was going to say. The social sentinel thing will contribute to your social score. I was investigating this Virginia shooter and he has a reputational index. So I looked like, do I look, you have like a reputational index, which is straight out of Black Mirror. If you've seen that. Um, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Black Mirror yet. Um, I'll have to check that out. But yeah, that's, that's basically, uh, you know, as you're into investigative journalism um, and I guess you'll just follow the breadcrumbs and yeah. find the truth. Yeah, I'm getting it all. Thank you so much for the call, Joseph. Thank and, you, Monica, uh, for what you do. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure talking to you. It's not always a pleasure doing what I do because it gets kind of scary. And uh, it's 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 so – Binkley, you've done so much on the 5G stuff. I mean, and if, if when we start going through the Bilderberg people – I think you're going to see that this uh, that that what you're looking at. I mean, it's it's going to happen. It's going to flash. Yeah, that's why it's getting pushed on us. I think so hard. Yeah, and fast like this. Five G. You. This is the thing. So, um, uh, to the extent that it, people argue, get get you go finish your thought. Oh, that was it. I, I think they're oh, just okay. pushing. They're they're preventing people or uh, counties from per- stopping it, and they want to ram it through because they want that infrastructure set up, and they'll deal with the consequences later. Right, and they're setting up what they're calling shot clocks of like sixty or ninety days to make sure that you respond to the request for um, an easement for them to put this stuff on public property, and that and you have to have a really good reason, not just the nebulous. We don't want this stuff near our children. Yeah. It's not going to be good enough. And I don't think that a lot of people are even aware of those. That like they probably never see some of those notices. Well, this is the problem. So when when people say we need a new legal architecture or new laws for this stuff, I would like to take a step back and say there the, the federal government. This is Trump's federal government. Trump's administrative, the FCC or whatever Pi. I forget there. This is Trump's administration. Administrative law is a is totally unconstitutional. It's legislation and regulation, all that stuff in the executive branch. So he's solely responsible for it. He doesn't need to go to Congress. He it's unconstitutional. But if that's the way it's working and they are pushing this down, it's worse than a violation of the Tenth Amendment. It's going right to the localities, right to your school district, right to your town and telling you you cannot stop it. And when you push back with the legitimate this is another law that it, that you should be able to a legitimate concern withstanding that this is going to create danger and damage. They say to you, it's too important to worry about your rights. And you know what else they say to you? What? They say that's Russian propaganda that oh you're my, spreading. That's so true. Oh, my gosh. 
so in the past couple of shows, I can't remember now, the podcast and the show are kind of like weaving together, which is super cool if you're listening to all of it. Um, but I'll just tell people to go back and listen. But I'll actually just try to tell people now what it is, which is also sometimes why uh, I'll repeat myself, but it bears repeating, is this this new knowledge, uh, which was the one behind the the Roy Moore sabotage where they pretended to be Russian bots. They are writing the reports on Russian interference in the election for sen- for the Senate. They are also uh, writing what you quoted in the New York Times as being uh, the Russians aren't only interfering with elections, they're deterring us from implementing 5G, yeah. which will weaken us on the world scale. And that stage, and then this is another uh, thing to the Bilderberg. Reed Hoffman, the tech billionaire, the guy who established LinkedIn, financed new knowledge. He's going to be at Bilderberg this year. Wow. Yeah, man. Full circle. Yeah. It's cosmic or terrifying. And <laughs> it's quite earthly. I think they want Well, that's the other thing is that it is kind of cosmic because that's another reason. They're certainly tying in this idea of the space, the importance of space in uh, in our competitive competitiveness with Russia and China, our ability to withstand a war or a start a war. And they're, so they're saying it's national security, 5G. I don't even get the connection with 5G in space, I guess, because they have to have so many satellites. satellites. are going to run on 5G. Okay, so they've got that. And then the other thing, which actually, according to something I pulled out recently, this MacArthur, JFK, and then Eisenhower also agreed with it, that our national security is, in fact, our economy. So when they say that you can't let China get ahead of us in 5G for national security reasons, that might actually be true. But I would say the number one, if that if our economy is our best defense, I would say the number one problem, far and away more important than 5G, is our debt, which absolutely cannot be solved in the world we're looking at. Like the current, what, what we think the world looks like, what we're told about our politics about our government about our economics cannot bear the debt that we have so it, that in itself is treason in my opinion yeah that's a lot of debt to make up in a you know any it's, it's 23 trillion dollars and uh and that doesn't count the unfunded liabilities so i mean right it's not possible to pay it i, I, I don't even know what 23 trillion yeah, it doesn't means. mean anything it's that, now that is cosmic. We could probably put them together and get to the moon and back. I don't know. So, so there's a lot. It's just it, there is. There are so many legal concepts and safeguards against this stuff. People say like there's nothing that now with terrorism and guns and. Uh, all this stuff that you that we need a whole new legal architecture. That's to quote Michael Chertoff, the second Department of Homeland Security head. But there, but that's all. There are there there's stuff about pirates. That's what terrorists are. Like they're pirates. There's stuff about that in the Constitution. There's there were guns at that time, and uh, and and with this uh, Facebook, for example. Create. Let's say there is screen-induced psychosis. Let's say that this and it, and it's absolutely true that uh, teenage girls, especially, develop depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, a lot of things from interactive screen use. So social media, particularly, 
And if you if you're worried about that, you don't need new laws. What needs to happen is like what they're it's worse than what so Purdue, I guess, settled and Johnson and Johnson is on the in the dock for opioid manufacturing and marketing or I, I, I don't know exactly what they're being charged with, but but drug companies are paying damages for selling opioids, which are addictive. Facebook, you have Facebook engineers admitting openly that their job is to create addiction. And they know it's not good for you. I mean, as you pointed out, Steve Jobs would not let his children have it. So what what there needs to be is a class action suit of all these people who are genuinely damaged by this stuff. And I mean, you could run Facebook out as enormous as Facebook is. One one suit, by the way, it was Peter Thiel, brought bankrupted Gawker, which was a, a no-holds-barred media outlet. Yeah, I, I think they might even be testing the, psych, the screen psychosis you mentioned because there's been occasionally these day-long or even two-day-long, in one case, Facebook outages. And I, if I were them, I would be watching through the, the screen of people's the camera, the camera of their screens, just to see yeah. their frustration I mean, build. They actually break the screen, tapping on it as yeah. far as they possibly can. Right. You'd have to take a few things out at the same time to make people really, really crazy. But a lot of these things, oftentimes, I feel like big, big news events are test runs for something like this Google jigsaw that focuses on – terrorism what they're really it, it finally occurred to me like the isis thing it's it's not just a scare tactic that the way they emphasize it i think it is it is they they do use these tools they say to fight isis you know by suppressing videos and all that kind of stuff but it has nothing to do with isis these are just speech suppression tools that need a very very broad impact and therefore need to be tested. And I, I want you to tell us about the Maui hiker as a, if you want to talk about kind of uh, real time. I'm going to take a break first, but then we're going to talk about real time tech development that you might that may or may not be exploiting crises, but it may also be creating crises to exploit. Let's see. 800 WSB talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. I'm not interested in fantasies. I'm interested in reality. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm going to go to some calls right away. I want to go to Mike in Atlanta. Mike. Mike, Hello. you're on with Monica. Hey. Um, okay, so I'm a firearms instructor on the weekends. Um, I root, uh, work for a roofing company during the week. Um, but... Uh, I've been an uh, NRA instructor for 20 years, and one of the things I re- recently started recommending was a book called The Gift of Fear. Um, it's my opinion, and in this, the author's opinion, uh, he's been a counselor to victims of violent crime for, I guess, a few decades. But in his book, he details that every time that there's something like this, somebody's victimized by a violent crime, that he lets them talk out a lot of it, and eventually every single one of them say, you know, when I saw that guy, I knew there was something off about him that day. There's there's signs that, that we miss um, and that we we don't get, I, I guess, the like your gut 
reaction. You know, a lot of people don't pay attention to that. It's like that why you wouldn't want to walk through a dark alley, you know, because your gut tells you that's not a good place to go. We're distracted all the time. Right, because we've got so much technology, and that's one of the things I, I teach is the refuse to be a victim course. You know, 90% of not being a victim of violent crime is simply being aware of your surroundings. Oh, that is so true. Um, code white, unaware, unalert. That's bad, 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 bad. But I want to touch on that right after this break. I'm going to talk about the technology and the emotions. This is Monica Perez. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. There are already immersed in this uh, very lively discussion about uh, actually a range of topics, but but what I'm driving to right now is what uh, some of the stuff on the agenda for the Bilderberg Group, their meetings are right now. Important people from the U.S. are there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Jared Kushner is there. Mike Pompeo is there. Stacey Abrams is there. She's the only one who's not... I mean, Jared Kushner seems to me to be a liaison. My guess is that he's there as a liaison but between the Bilderbergers and Trump. It would be kind of hard for Trump to show up personally. It's pretty amazing that Pompeo would show up personally. Rumor has it that he's trying to get buy-in for Iran, and Kushner's the Middle East guy, so I could see that. Uh, and then Stacey Abrams is that is that one element that if you read the whole list of all the like 140 people are there, their CEOs, their royalty, their heads of state, their heads of banks, their lawyers, big, big time lawyers, their major government players, prime ministers, generals, all that stuff, like to a man and woman. And then there's Stacey Abrams, which reminds me of like when it's, uh, they always invite, well, they did invite Kasim Reed. And uh, and they and they but it seems like she's there for a reason. My producer Binkley here is always uh, on top of this stuff. What do you think? Stacey Abrams. I mean, I thought she was excluded from everything for her entire life and never got welcomed into these exclusive meetings. And yet she just appears at all of these major think tanks and now at Bilderberg. Well, it's really funny because I was reminded of her story of marginalization when she got uh, wasn't allowed on Zell Miller's can- uh, governor's mansion because she got off a public bus or something like that, you know yeah, that her, her smear of the governor, her legacy story, where they they looked at her like, "What are you even doing here?" And the head of the guard from that time popped back up like decades later and said, "Look, I still have like the sign in sheet. Your name was number one, and there's a check mark next to it." Right. And yeah. then if you look at the Bilderberg attendee list, her name is number one because it's A-B. Like there was no way for her to be under the radar when she hit that participants list because her name is the number one name on the list. I'm sure that she didn't take a bus to Bilderberg as well either. Well, she might. She, may, she might like to stay in character. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so you look at that and I think – I mean of course I do believe – they're, I mean, it's a conspiracy. They talk about it. like they're, they, they have what you turned me on to the name was Chatham House Rules, which is, 
you can talk about what you learn here, but you can't attribute it to anybody. You can't cite it. I don't think they really talk about it too much anyway. But they it's very clear that what they're doing there, they have an agenda. They have a list of participants, and they won't give you any more information. And and it, as I've been looking at this stuff, you've been playing clips from the CFR, Council of Foreign Relations, from Brookings Institution, all that stuff. And I see that this is – they call it global governance that's what they call it. But these institutions are ruling the the world. I, I don't see too much representation from Russia. I don't know about China. So I look at these. It's the World Economic Forum. It's Brookings. It's um, the UN. I, I, you know, obviously, the Trilateral Commission includes Japan and some of Asia. And so I'm not sure they've got like a complete grip on the reins of power. I, I it seems clear to me that Russia is not um, yielding the head chair to them so quickly. But I do I do believe they have all of these institutions are working together and and they're just using the heads of of other institutions, of non-governmental organizations, of all the big global corporations are one way or another connected to one of these think tanks or one of these governing bodies, and if you, it doesn't take much to find them saying that that's what what it is. I, I was looking at the CFR document, the North American Union thing I've talked about before. William Weld, Heidi Cruz were instrumental in producing this about how there would be no barriers to goods or labor from Mexico to the U.S. to Canada. And to me, I'm I'm a free market person. Uh, but as long as you have a government that has democratic elements, it isn't purely objective rights driven by unanimous consent. You have to care about people uh, being able to vote in your country if that's how your country works. And that is how our country works. So I do care about the practical realities of government, even if my ideology would establish a freer system. But what they say in that kind of as an aside is that in order to create this North American Union, you would want a a North American Advisory Council that that had a complementary private body that would meet regularly or annually to buttress North American relationships along the lines of the Bilderberg or Verkund conferences organized to support transatlantic relations. It goes on to say this newly created North American Advisory Council could provide an agenda and support for these for the meetings of a North American interparliamentary group. So if you I, that's just an excerpt, but if you look into it, they are they are saying that Bilderberg is there to set an agenda to help legislation legislators get that agenda through, and really, which is like. Uh, I feel like on the face of it, it's it's unconstitutional. I mean, this is these are not representative people setting our legislation, telling us how to get through. I mean, everybody knows that think tanks write this stuff, but if you start to dig into it, it's clear they have a governance structure in place, and this is one of the places where they talk about what the agenda is and how they're going to implement it. And they get and and these very important people are sitting at that table, so. I can't part of it what you've been bringing us Binkley part of it is this the 5G in your opinion is it not that it would will be instrumental in in the the mech, mechanisms the tactics of this kind of extra representative like outside extra legal whatever you want to call it Absolutely. Go- governance yeah 
all of our data, all of our devices on the Internet of Things are communicating our information, our behavioral patterns to the grid itself. And it's going to be the most powerful tool of mass control that has ever existed based on what yeah. I've been reading. It's almost de facto governance. It's it's like uh, especially when these uh, oligopolies, even even monopolies in a way – Hate to use that phrase loosely. I was watching all I, I typed in Dick Morris Hannity conspiracy because I know he talked about the Bilderbergers once. Oh my gosh, what a treasure trove. <laughs> <laughs> so Dick Morris, I don't know if you know him, but he was a Clinton guy who who Clinton uh slighted and then he kind of went rogue and he tells some secrets. And and his I and what he was saying is that they do like plot this stuff and they they use what what's obvious, but he's admitting it, and he was an insider that they'll they'll give grants, loans, bailouts, whatever to one big big player in an industry, and nothing else. They won't give it to anybody else. I actually know somebody who lost their business competing with Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank got bailed out by the tune of thirty five billion U.S. dollars, something like that. But the competitors just fall by the wayside, so it doesn't look like you're. They're monopolists, but then you put up a lot of regulatory barriers that the new people can't come in and compete anyway. So these small, these individual players, the CEOs of these companies that your stock dollars, your 401k money support them, they're totally outside any kind of representational governance, and they – but they're considered private companies. So you look at Facebook, which is – you know, such a dominant player. You look at Twitter, which is not a direct substitute, also very dominant player. Google, these dominant players, they can establish protocols, their own rules. They argue that they're allowed to engage in censorship because it's their company and they can do what they want, but it's just their way of getting outside our rules, which Brzezinski called for in his book, Crisis of Democracy in the early 70s. And that's what they're doing. And that, and I think the 5G thing, whoever controls that. I mean, how is that controlled? Is it a network with a switch somewhere? Do you know? Like, you know, I don't know. Right, I don't know right. how the infrastructure works. I mean, because the actual units are, are there's many, many, many of them, and they're rather close together from what I understand. The, the tech, the devices, the technological devices, right now China is taking over building the devices so that is one of the fears, at least it's been expressed at the Brookings Institution, is that if China controls these devices, they'll build back doors into them and they can control them remotely. The the thing about China, I, I can't get past that Mao was a, like an affiliate student, exchange student, something like that with Yale and that the Rockefellers have given them technology in the past that – that like Walmart made made it big being a first mover in Chinese labor, if I recall that story correctly, that there seems to be such a symbiotic relationship with us and China. I can't help but wonder if if this might have elements of a show to make it look like we have to bypass our laws and a normal, sustainable, organic pace because we have an enemy at the gates. To try and keep up with them in an arms race. Yeah. Yes, just like the Russian Cold War, which Sputnik. which we gave them yep. a lot of that tech from Oppenheimer to Major Jordan's diaries, a couple of references for you to see that we we promote that stuff. I think we gave Iran Stuxnet. 
so that we would have a cyber enemy. That's that's interesting. The pitch that Mark Werner makes at the Brookings Institute institution when he's talking about this is exactly the Sputnik example. We are oh, in an really? arms race. Yes, he uses the actual example. That's funny. and he talks in in very much doom and gloom terms about if we lose this war. Well, it's fear mongering, and that it's the fears, the fears, 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 guns, shootings, immigrants, terrorism, drugs. I'm not even saying that that stuff isn't isn't aren't real phenomena. I'm not saying they are, but I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just saying the fear is what drives the policy, and those fears, those emotional fears, are are what the it's the fear that gets people to stop looking at why the laws were there to analyze, analyze, soberly, logically analyze, or listen to the people who are soberly and logically analyzing. People have shut me down. You're crazy. Ron Paul is dangerous. Like, Ron Paul is dangerous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ron Paul, do you hear yourself? I just, it just makes no sense to me. But it's that fear. It's the fear is very powerful and we'll lose our rights because of it. So let's, uh, Get to what I probably teased to before this segment and never got to. I promise I'll look back at my notes and we'll get back. So I want to hear about the Maui hiker. That's one thing. And I want to tell you about the Amazon uh, emotion detector. Who is going to? I'll give you the details after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I'm going to go to a call, but first I just want to tell you the Amazon thing. It's short. They're developing an emotion detector that will help them customize ads to you, but it will also collect data that can help AI seem more human. So, Oh, that's great. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Yikes. Who's going to wear that? I guess it helps you detect the emotions of people around you since you can't look at their faces. I mean, I've been trying to figure out a way to stick my phone to my face so my hands could be free so I could be on my laptop at the same time. <laughs> oh, you should ask my daughter. She can do that. Uh, let me take a quick call. I'm going to go to Scooter and Marietta. Hi, Scooter. You're on with Monica. Uh, hey, we're my local Ann Coulter, 3 o'clock to 6 every Saturday. I sit by my beer cooler. Um, as I asked the screener, I, I've seen multiple posts on YouTube and some other media where there's some 60,000-plus indictments for heads of state, uh, corporate executives, politicians, and so forth. Do you have any validity to that? I will tell you, Scooter, on hold is my regular caller, Maurice, who's a little bit in the doghouse because he uh, gets too passionate on the air. But I'm going to put him on after the break, and I am certain he can answer your question. So. Uh Outstanding. Yeah, so you hang on for that. I'm going to give away a quick prize pack. So, uh, and um, I am going to give away the Arrow Exterminators Weekend Prize Pack featuring a pair of tickets to Cirque du Soleil Volta opening October 10th under the big top at Atlantic Station. First to call 404 741 gets that prize pack. Uh, I am going to get to Maurice and Paul, who I'm sure will... Uh, not tell my party line, but uh, it's a, uh, let's call it open mic segment, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. If you do want to hear more of this show, commercial free, or the podcast I do with Binkley, we do this show Wednesdays, we post it, and the podcast we post on Thursdays, 
That is on our website, thepropreport.com. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Everything she said was true. She knew. Nobody believed her. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Making Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And you know who else does that basically every Saturday from 3 to 6? <laughs> My next caller, Maurice. Maurice, so we have a specific request for your expertise. Did okay, you hear that? Well, yeah. In fact, I was just looking uh, to try and, you know, be accurate. Um, you know, it's my understanding that this comes from Pacer.gov, which is the thing where everyone posts different litigations. And uh, according to this uh, that I just looked at, there is now 93 – I'm going to pull it up again – but uh, 93,000 sealed indictments. They're indictments uh, and not complaints? They're, well, indictments include things like warrants and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. uh, They're sealed, you know, so you don't actually know what they are. Uh, right, I'm going to have to investigate course, this. It's at Pacer.com? Well, yeah. The nope. thing about Pacer, yeah, you can go there, but you have to pay to get in there. Oh, I can't do that. Binkley, Binkley seems to know what this is about. Talk to me, Binkley. It's a legit website where cases are posted, but you do have to get an account and you do have to pay. I can't remember if it's a flat fee. I think it might it might actually be like mm-hmm. per. Right. But it is a legit know. website. All right. Well, I'll have right. to do a little investigation on that. But I wanted to hear what you called about because yeah. you told the screener something else. Yeah. Um, uh, just for what it's worth, because people have been following that, uh, you can go to QMAP. Dot pub and see it for free because oh, uh, you know people have paid and you know the other thing that's on there which in some ways I think is more intriguing because you know the these are sealed indictments so we don't really know what they are but they go state by state but there's uh, the uh, different uh, aspects of draining of the swamp uh, one of which is human trafficking. If you go to the section on human trafficking, it actually lists the indictments and the names of people and verification. So you you can see that it's actually happening. I believe um, it's happening, and I believe they want it to be publicized but not solved because I believe that they will use it to justify biometric data collection at the border – and that and like DNA building a DNA database, I think that these a lot of these things they that they probably could use the tools at hand to greatly curtail, if not eliminate. They don't because the solution they propose is going to be a solution that expands the surveillance state, the total like DNA level surveillance state. Uh, well, of course, that leads to my other conversation. Uh but you know i'm i'm an optimist about this uh so i don't actually agree with your basic premise there that they're using it uh i but at any rate uh, back to the my uh, thing that i was bringing up 
for your initial your screener um, is that you know there's a guy named Eric Carlson, and uh, you know like everything I do, it's I'm going to be kind of flaky about all the info, but basically the idea is that there's a thing called gang stalking. And they use uh, nanotechnology, uh, basically uh, following the chemtrail conversation, and spray us, and that everyone has it in us already. They do have nano food. That's true. Uh, and well, I know Teflon. You know, for example, they say like there's Prozac in fish. There's Teflon. Teflon doesn't stick to you; passes through you, but it doesn't dissolve or anything. It's everywhere. So if they right. wanted to do it, they could do it. Um, right. Yeah. Well, it's like Morgellons disease. Do you know about that? No. What is that? That's um, also attributed to being sprayed down on us. It's a disease that uh, Judy, not Judy Collins, but the other uh, (laughs) 60s singer has. But basically what it is is it's, you know, they have all these weird things crawling in their skin, and they look at them, and they're inorganic. They're not, they're nanotechnology, and they seem to have their own intelligence all right. I am going to have to look that up. And you've already blown my mind like three times on this call. So get Binkley's turn. DARPA is currently working on a contact lens that they call like a super soldier type contact lens. It has a little tiny flexible nano battery inside of it that is in your contact lens. And the contact lens is an augmented reality contact lens. So it would like oh. shoot all these things out of your eyes that you could just – it's like your RoboCop. I was reading about this augmented reality, which I think 5G is an essential part of, where they said it's not like virtual reality. It's it's like Pokemon Go, where it's overlaid, which I totally think that that was a deliberately addictive test run. Oh, yeah. Got people killed, but whatever. And it came and it went, or it was like insane. And I think that was like the test period. I don't know how they got it to be so Mm -hmm. insane so fast. That they say that's what it's going to be like, so you're not even really going to be able to tell the difference between reality and not reality. And they're rolling out these more and more um, augmented reality apps for your phone. That are and that's being why the, the Internet of Things, this 5G where everything in your house is connected, is if you ever see somebody doing that really high-level computer uh, graphics that makes movies – they don't – the whole point of it is they don't – you don't have to fill in every detail. The computer understands how to fill all that stuff in. But you do need, like, bi- the pivot points, I guess. I don't know. But, like, I'm just saying. So if your house has these Internet of Things and they have their own relational spatial sensors, it, you, don't, you don't need a bookcase that's alive. You know, you can it, – it'll just, it'll just incorporate all that stuff in. But you do need a lot of the stuff. And I'm reminded of the IRS having bugging trays and coffee pots and plant pots just to see if people were lying. So they had these, I mean, they were ordering stuff that exists. This is commercially available, I guess. Uh, Stuff that will bug you in your house. It looks totally normal. And I think that's where we're headed. Yeah. And the nanotechnology definitely exists and they're definitely experimenting with it.
All right, so we got all the regulars in this segment. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take Paul and then Tariq. Paul, you're going to come from a totally different angle. Let's hear it. What you got? Uh, greetings, uh, Monica. I'm calling about the gun violence. I do a little bit of work for the Red Cross, and uh, the American Red Cross is not recognized very well. There are no websites about this or newspaper accounts. But when there are shootings in our country, and they happen all over the country, uh, there's a massive, huge loss of blood. I'm losing uh, supply your point. blood, and that that is a threat to the American people. Um, also, uh, mental health. We we this these shootings didn't happen. 30 years ago, but there were there were people with mental health uh, cases 30 years ago, and there are people in other countries that have mental mental health problems. What do you think accounts for the fact that this is the current manifestation of mental health issues? I think a lot of the people with mental health issues are innocent. There are a few people who are violent. Uh, but I think the main problem is access to firearms. And but, people... but that's... But why is it now manifesting itself in this way? I think Access copy- to firearms has been greater in the past at certain points. I think, it, I think it's copycat killing. I think they hear about it and they go out and want to replicate it in their town. And they see it on TV. They hear yes. about it on the radio. I agree. Um, and that that is why I think um, I'm going to let you get a last word in, but and then I'm going to move on. But keep get, finish your thoughts. Well, uh, I just wanted to say... Uh, our allies like uh, Taiwan, Japan, England, Spain, Germany, none of them have this kind of problem. They have a few shootings, uh, some people own guns for hunting and self-defense. But they Switzerland have doesn't or... have the problem either, and they actually have a law you have to be armed. Well, um, I, I didn't know about that. Thank you for thank you for telling me that. But, um, People in 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 Western Europe and Eastern Europe and uh, Eastern Asia, they basically do not have a collapse of their security. Oh, but you know who does is Mexico. They have a total gun ban and they have a, an exorbitant murder rate. Well, they have a lot of guns imported from the United States illegally through crime groups across the border or through governments. Um, Operation Fast huh? and Furious. Also through huh? through our government, Operation Fast and Furious. I heard about that. That was Obama. Um, um, it was um, everybody, I think. Both sides uh, of the but, aisle were in on that, which is why no one ever went to jail for it. Well, Houston and Tucson and Los Angeles contribute to the death rates of innocent Mexican families. And we care about Mexicans. We do not want guns going across the border, but they do. And they're getting away with it. And we need to talk to the people and share intelligence and cooperate with. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I understand what you're saying. I'm I'm moving on because I want to talk to Tariq in this segment. And I do want to respond to something that I um, that I notice in that I'm worried about with the Europe issue is that a lot of these countries take their gun, the people's guns away and what they they don't it doesn't seem to create a totalitarian dictatorship but i have long well although i don't i don't know how i don't know what the, it's like some of those countries some countries are feel freer than ours on the ground but it seems like to me 
but here's what I worry about, that the United States Bill of Rights is the last stand against worldwide totalitarianism. And that if those other countries became the dystopian nightmare that a totally unarmed citizenry in the face of a hyper-armed government with total information awareness, that that, that the nightmare that would result from that will, will not happen until there's a worldwide totalitarian system in place ready to go turnkey. Because if we started seeing it in other countries, they would never be able to do it here. And what they want to say is other countries have not fallen apart. They've had these laws. Come on, America. You can do it. Come on. Come on. But people look to us for this stuff. And if we were to fall in that way, I believe that every country would fall to totalitarianism. But I, but it's not the only thing. All of the Bill of Rights are very important to me. Very, very important. I, I think jury trial is critical. Uh, and I'm going to get to treat, but right after the break. So uh, call if you like, 800-WSB-TALK, 404-872-0750, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Going straight to Tariq. Tariq, I hope you're ready. Don't want to catch you off guard. You ready, Tariq? You got two minutes. Give me what you got. Yes, ma'am. I'll be as fast as I can. And thank you again for what you do. Um, the, the great German philosopher Hegel once said, important parts of ourselves can be found in history. And this brings to mind what Socrates said about 2,500 years ago, almost 2,500 years ago, when he had a serious problem with democracy in that you had basically two types in regards to voters. That's intellectual democracy. Democratic voters who have to, you have to be taught how to vote through to be wise voters as opposed to democracy, democratic voters that are given the right to vote just by birthright. The problem is, since we aren't uh, nurturing and teaching our voters for the last, well, really since the inception of the country, but especially the last hundred years, it's been so easy for this worldwide movement to progress in an accelerated rate. You know, 5G and all the other things that they're doing, those are tools because of our modern technology that makes it easier and easier. And I'm really vexed. Um, I'm truly vexed. I believe a lot of the population are vexed because, you know, it can be very baffling if you don't know all of the details, what's going on. And I think that's one of the keys, uh, because if we don't do a better job in making us more of an intellectual voting populace, it's, it's, it's becoming easier and easier for them to advance their agenda. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Treek. I got to cut you off because I have to go to a hard break. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, but I get what you're saying. I mean, the vote should not be essential to maintaining our objective rights. Yet the vote seems to be able to undermine it. Uh, it is perplexing and baffling. If you, if I missed your point, call on back. But uh, anybody can call 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. 
is Monica Perez waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We have already gotten well into a conversation, I think the upshot of which is that we are not only going to be completely surveilled, if that's a word, that's that's under debate, uh, just monitored at all times, know where everybody's doing everything. So many mechanisms are in place for that, including Obamacare, in my opinion. I'm not going to rehash that. Uh, censorship, like the way we get news, is totally uh, going to come under the control of algorithms, particularly particularly from the company Jigsaw, which is a Google company. A lot of these companies I saw and fit together like a Jigsaw puzzle when I started looking at who was attending Bilderberg this year. There's Palantir, the data analytics thing. There's DeepMind, the AI cutting edge. There's Jigsaw, which uses AI to suppress unpleasant or undesired speech on the internet. All this stuff. I feel like that plus this augmented reality 5G thing where the digital world and the actual world are meant to. I mean, this is what they're saying they want, that they basically will be seamless. And you want to believe that you don't have to engage in that. You don't have to plug in. But you think that with your smartphone. And I'll tell you, you justify it in your mind, but you probably have that thing in your hand all the time. You're looking at it all the time. You are you think you can opt in or opt out, but unless you make a concerted effort, you're opting in. And I and to do that, they need they need it reminds me of that paint commercial where it's like cover the earth and it's like a paint can, it's just draping completely dripping all over the earth. They need complete saturation of the earth in every way. This internet of things means like most of the things in your house, anything with a plug is connecting with your augmented reality or your smart devices or that kind of thing. But there's also in order for those things to work with the environment, it needs to completely understand the environment to, to really have a map of it. And you see that in Google earth, you see it in GoPro, you see people running around the streets with, with cameras on their scooters just recording everything all the time. Now, Binkley, my producer here, did, t- told us a story on the podcast that we just did, which you can get at thepropreport.com, about a hiker who was lost in Maui. And the way this story plugs into that idea that we need to have total information, even in the most remote areas, actually, actually, one of those Bilderberg companies maybe moonshot one of them it, it focuses on that like getting people in rural areas the internet by drone hot air balloons like getting people that's funny everything i came across when i was thinking about this kind of big picture vision one of these it, it made another one of these bilderberger companies plug in to that vision so Binkley, what was that? What what? Tell us about the Maui hiker story first of all. If people haven't heard about it, and then tell us how it folds into this big picture thing potentially. There was a woman named Amanda Eller who went missing in a Hawaiian forest for seventeen days, and then she was then found and rescued. And the reason I flagged it is because their press conference after the fact was just really strange. The focus wasn't really on 
what you typically see, you know, happy so to the, just... Did the rescuers have a... I, my understanding is it wasn't like... So you see with these, like, today's terrible event, the Virginia Beach thing, the police chief gets up and controls the information, talks to people who... I don't remember seeing that when you showed me the press. It was a press conference of her family and a couple of her friends, and it was like a production. And she went on a strange kind of spiel that was about a spiritual journey and nothing about – she seemed really vibrant, so nothing about what was really going on. Right. And then her, have we, I climbed Patagonia, like in Patagonia, climbed whatever. It wasn't very tall. I did do Machu Picchu actually, and I came back, and I – I mean, the pain and suffering of that experience, which was a totally controlled environment, was – I mean, it just bent my mind. I had to recover. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She and left the hospital scary, two days scary. later. She left the hospital. The press conference, her father was given the platform to speak first, and he, he, he thanked the media. He didn't thank the people on the ground. He eventually and did. And she was 35 years old, right? Yeah. Or she was something like that. And then the focus became how successful the technology that was used, the smart technology that Ah. was used, was in solving this. That became the focus, and it was almost like a celebration of a successful test run. And then you come to find out that her dad runs a company called Insight USA, which was among one of the first companies to pioneer GPS tracking and is now currently involved in a lot of really highly advanced GPS, uh, Internet of Things, smart technology. And during these 17 days, they were sending drones into every gully. They were sending people in with electronic devices to basically map this this yes. uninhabited farm. Map it. And they were equipping everybody involved with devices that all connected to each other, just like the Internet of Things will. And everybody's information was available to everybody else. And it was creating almost like this super real-time Google Maps for 5G is, is what it felt like. So it's like, But it was highly topographical in yeah. a way that you couldn't just get from a satellite image from Google. It was a sophisticated operation. Right. So this reminds me, or you, you pointed out, and I think it's accurate, that it had a, uh, a parallel with the Smollett case, which yeah. was back in the news. Yeah, and the Smollett case had these – they celebrated the use of these smart policing technologies, these police observation devices, which – are, is very similar to the type of stuff that was used in this case and the celebration of how successful that technology was versus the celebration of how successful the technology was in this missing hiker case. That just seemed to be the focus of both of these cases, and it, it just seems odd. Like, and in like, both cases, perhaps misguided because the Smollett case wasn't the crime itself, the only blind spot in the whole yeah, city. right. And in this case, 17 days – what what island was this? What island in Hawaii could you not just get on foot? Like if you had enough people, you should – I mean I would – they have helicopters and stuff that people take for fun. But I mean a small person would be hard to see. But like 17 days is a long time to be out there. Yeah, and right after they found her, a couple days later, her father announces a new initiative where he's going to be making this new te- new technology that has demonstrated success to the world available to other people. So it was a product pitch after Within saving days? his daughter. Yes, already. It should take like two years. He's like, I know we just saved our, saved our daughter, but I'm so excited. Let's get this new product out there. <laughs> well, I don't want to impugn their character. 
that is a, an, a really fortunate turn of events. See, it's the way to make, you know, good luck, bad yeah. luck, who knows? So yeah. It ended up being the best possible luck. Yeah, they ever. need to play the lottery with this kind yeah. of luck. Yes, they certainly do. So, yeah, these things all seem to come together. And I and I feel like there is many dimensions in the in the surveillance world. Like I said earlier, Obamacare. Obamacare, I remember hearing many years ago, the reason we need universal medicine is for the information. Long before data was something that everybody thought of as a thing. You know, data is a thing. It's not just data. Data is the name of basically any piece of information, but data, big data is a thing. And Obamacare is the one piece of the puzzle that requires every single person to enter the system. Yeah. And then there are other things too, like Facebook is the way that you voluntarily, see, this is the thing that you also point out, like Edward Bernays says, people have to want it. Yeah. So it always has to be a pull, not a push. If it's a push, people don't want it. But if it's a pull, they'll do it in a a second. So Facebook, Facebook is your, all your personal information. Your behavioral people will put you know stickers over their cameras because they want privacy, but then they'll put all of their behavioral patterns and likes on Facebook. Oh, and they'll put on Facebook pictures of themselves in attire they would not actually wear in front of the people who are looking at Facebook. Yeah, everybody's lying to everybody on Facebook. But it just seems tra- that it's more risque. Like it's a little you absolutely know what I mean? you wouldn't do it. And then, like I thought, Twitter is the way you confess your ideology. Yeah. You register your ideology, every nuance of your ideology. Imagine the map of your brain. For I have 20,000 tweets. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, the original tweets, like not responses. That's a great point, yeah. So you could really map, if you could make a 3D image of a person's brain, can you imagine with 20,000 sophisticated data points with algorithms like Jigsaw is building to analyze stuff like that and the AI stuff to tell the difference between a joke and sarcasm and emotional problems or this kind of thing? Yeah, they can build a dictionary of your Lexa personalized for you, your lexicon oh. of words that affects you that they can put in advertisements. From your lips to Alexa's ear, I bet by the end of the show – see, this is what happens is like half the time, half the time, 90% of the time, anything I can think of is already there. When yeah. I wanted a pizza cutter in the shape of the USS Enterprise – It's already in your mailbox. I didn't have to invent it. Yes, it was at my – there was an Amazon guy who was at my door. <laughs> So I was hoping I could invent it, but instead I just bought it. <laughs> but uh, the other one, Snapchat, evidently is – I know it's got a lot of stuff. You know the Snapchat is what the kids use. That one is, I think, primarily – maybe not primarily, but I think primarily for location tracking because they just sold their location tracking arm to Foursquare, which may or may not have been bought by Google at really? some point already. Oh, I don't I don't know. I can't remember. That's Google interesting. just is, Everywhere. So I keep thinking, oh, that's a Google thing. That's a Google thing. Most of it is Google. The photos that we put on the internet, if we don't strip the metadata from it, your location can be tracked from those photos. Well, that must be why Snapchat is about location. And and they're they're technically supposedly not supposed to use it in certain ways. But what they do is they offer you to pay you. That's not really going to No, but it's not even – that's not good enough. And they came up with something so brilliant. It's – Really, they deserve kudos for this one in a bad way, but they have like 30 million people sign up for the for allowing the loca- location stuff to go into their database because they tell you if you do it, they will contribute to charity for you. Oh, wow. So you feel it's a virtue virtuous. signal. Virtuous. Yeah. 
It's probably a charity organization that they funnel money back to themselves through. Or it's something that not everybody would consider moral. Like, do you get? Hopefully, you get to pick it yeah. because a lot of the charities they they tell me, I'm like, I think that's actually a bad thing. Like, I don't <laughs> want to promote that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, another right. interesting fact yeah. about the hiker thing is this new program that her father is now pitching uh, his product is he labeled the video where he announced it. He labeled it um, "Find Amanda Phase 2. Phase two. That's like a name you give something when you pre-plan many <laughs> phases of something. Right, and I kind of wonder where she's going to be next. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's going to run away from home. Well, let's. I want to. In the next segment, I want to read the Bilderberg agenda for this year, and that alone will be food for thought. Be right back. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator? On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I think that's my favorite drop. So, Finkley, you with me? Always. All righty. That's good to hear. The uh, let's, let's talk Bilderberg. All right. <clears throat> um, all right. Should I do the agenda first? Let me do the agenda, and then I'll tell you the people. First, we'll do the agenda, and then when we have the longer segment, we can... Uh, and noodle about the folks. So here's the agenda. And it's like one page. They just give the agenda and they don't put any blurb on it. <laughs> but I went to like all the other things that are basically the Bilderbergers, like the CFR was recommending when they put in an NAU, like the North American Union, that they establish a Bilderberger group for us, for the North American. And it's like, well, then obviously they established the Bilderberger group. Like clearly it's their creation. Brookings, CFR, Chatham House, the Bosch Foundation, Google, Rockefeller, um, the Trilateral Commission. These are all these are all organizations that, in my mind, are connected with the Bilderberg Group. So you could take any one of these agendas and go to those other sites and see what they mean by these words. I couldn't find the first one: a stable strategic order. <clears throat> what what could that mean? Oh, that's – I don't know. I wonder. I mean clearly a new world order, but a strategic – A stable strategic one. Yeah, that makes me think that they plan out like the whole multipolar versus unipolar world because a unipolar world would it, it does not appear to be stable. I think they probably discovered that a unipolar world, like when the U.S. was in charge – What's a uh, so unipolar? Unipolar is like the U.S. is the only superpower after the Russia fell, after the Soviet Union fell, and then. But if they didn't, so it used to be bipolar, USSR and the USA, and now it's multiple China, Russia, U.S. So maybe they want to get that back. So well, I didn't get very far down the list because <laughs> that was the one that baffled me. But I'll, I'll do it real, real quick right after the break, and then we'll get to the people. Give me a call, Monica Perez, or at Monica Pressure. You can tweet at me, eight hundred WSB Talk. Monica Perez. Wait a minute. This is the future. We're all the phaser guns. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am waking you up to the true threats to your liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And you know it's true, especially if you've been listening today. A unique take, I'm sure you think. And uh, I'll tell you the people who are uh, uh, cooking up threats to your liberty are the Bilderbergers. They are right now meeting with important Americans. Freaks me out. 
Pompeo is there. Kissinger is there. Robert Rubin, a few old timers. Remember him? Former Goldman chair, if I'm not mistaken, and secretary uh, of the Treasury. So their agenda is a stable strategic order, whatever that means. What next for Europe? I predict that populism will swing the pendulum back to globalism in Europe, leading to greater political union instead of less, which is what might should have happened. Climate change and sustainability, that is all over every page of every single one of these websites. That has got to be a really critical part of this big network. China, Russia, those are this is, this is all the detail they give you. The future of capitalism. So that plays into this reinvented dialectic of capitalism and socialism. What do you think of me? Uh, in that Brookings Institution discussion that Mark Werner was uh, involved in, he was the one leading it, he talked a lot about how people are going to have to rethink if the capitalist system is uh, – if it's a working model anymore. What, what, is, what, is, what does capitalism mean to you, Binkley? You're, uh, let's, can I call you regular guy? Yeah, sure. You're a regular guy? I'm a little weird, but – Everybody's a little weird. <laughs> okay. You, you're, you're, you have a license to vote. So – what does capitalism mean to you? Entrepreneurial, you can be an entrepreneur. You can grow a business and earn a living doing with your own choice and your own volition. I would, I'm going to borrow a term from Servando Gonzalez, who wrote mm, Psychological Warfare, I think was his book. Uh, Mom and pop entrepreneurship. Mm. That's a nice way of thinking about capitalism. But there's financial capitalism. There's crony capitalism. Uh, I had a friend from Bosnia or Croatia who used to say capitalism is understanding the rules and capitalizing on them, which is interesting. really cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but capitalism, I can't accept. We do not have capitalism in this country. If you're talking about a pure ideology, we have a, what's called a mixed economy, socialism, elements of fascism. Sure. I mean – Another definition I read is that it is inconceivable to not have a fundamentally capitalist society these days because capital is money, is a store of value. It's mm -hmm. it's investing surplus into production. Yeah. So there's just you can't the future of capitalism. This stuff is highly semantical. Yeah. Uh, Brexit. So it's basically – it's power, geographic power, Brexit, the ethics of artificial intelligence. Wow. Bingo. All the people there, I think, are focused on that. That's where the CEOs are. And the next one, which is the weaponization of social media, that one is uh, very interesting. And when I started investigating that, I found that I had re written an article – about censorship right before the election in 2016. And three of the people who I mentioned by name or came across in some of the blog posts I wrote about that were Vern Jordan, Eric Schmidt, a former head of Google, and Jared Cohen, who people have not heard of, but that guy, he's uh, he was just too young to be as big and powerful as he was. He runs Jigsaw now, but he's still young. I mean, I bet he's still 30. He was in Condoleezza Rice's State Department. Something screwy about that. And Jigsaw is the thing that is using algorithms and AI to uh, curate the information on the Internet, which is what Vern Jordan called for, curating the news in the articles I wrote. Anyway, 
uh, Internet trolling as hybrid warfare, as a hybrid warfare tool. Internet trolling as a, it was a NATO, an article I was reading in a NATO outlet, and the head of NATO is at this Bilderberg thing. That's mimetic warfare, which we've covered a while ago, the Internet trolling. Yes, it's all it, – well, mimetic warfare is specifically those like ideas, right? It's pulsing ideas. Yeah, trolling using mimetic yes, warfare. Yes, yes, trolls a use mimetic warfare for sure. Yeah. And then there's also mimetic warfare. I now realize uh-huh. it's always clever how they make it so it's impossible to search things or remember things or t- spell things. Mimicry is their real weapon. Mimicry is their weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mimetics is also a weapon. What's mimetics. the commercial? Be like Mike. Remember that? Uh, the, the Gatorade commercial, Be yeah. Like Mike, I Want to yeah. Be Like Mike? Yeah. Same thing with other stuff. Everything. And as you pointed out to me recently, like that's how everybody learns. That's how babies learn. That's how you mm-hmm. learn language. That's how you my, learn my dog, everything. when I stretch in the morning, he gets down and stretches <laughs> next to me. There you go. Uh, the importance of space mm-hmm, is one of them. And then the 11th thing is cyber threats. So those are, you know, no surprises really, but then you look at who's actually going to be there and it's, it's, it is really like the first pass. I made a first pass and it was pretty shocking. I was like, wow, wow, wow. So I'll just read the first pass. I don't know if I can. Oh yeah. Here's the rest of it. So Pompeo Kushner Abrams, Jared Cohen of Jigsaw, Niall Ferguson, who's a very dynamic historian and economist. He's at the Hoover Institution. And um, Reed Hoffman, we talked about earlier, the, the new knowledge funder, the new knowledge who uh, sabotaged Roy Moore's election in the name of election integrity or some twisted logic like that, right? They were all about Russian. Yeah. And he's running again. Oh, yeah. I Well, Garland Favrito from Voter GA sa- thinks he won the first time. He also thinks Ossoff won the first yeah. time, I think. So he's a, a, a bipartisan um, BS caller. Vern Jordan is going to be there, of course. Alex Karp, who runs Palantir, which is not – I mean, I always think Palantir was invested in by InQtel, which is the CIA venture capital firm. Like, that in itself, like, is proves that we do not have a uh, – like, this laissez-faire free market – Anything goes economy. But he has an interesting story in that he studied in Frankfurt under a professor who was a student of Theodore Adorno, who was a founder of the Frankfurt School from which cultural Marxism comes. So there is like two degrees of separation from between Alex Karp and Theodore Adorno. Yeah. So get your mind around. And that's the Palantir CIA thing. What better tool for cultural Marxism than the Internet? Right, and the company, CIA, who created the counterculture in the 60s, who created both the war and the, and the war protests, the, the – anyway, et cetera. <laughs> Henry Kissinger, David Petraeus. David Petraeus, remember that scandal of David Petraeus yeah. where they read his emails, unsent emails if I'm not mistaken, which is what they can also read on your kids' emails at school, by I the way. I didn't know they were unsent. Yeah, they would not send them. They would just log into each other's email accounts and read the drafts. Wow. Yeah. And uh, get, do you know who the top cop was during that David Petraeus thing? Robert Mueller. Correct. 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 Uh, 
Uh, Robert Rubin is also going to be there. He was uh, Treasury Secretary. Eric Schmidt. I wrote an article. Keep your googly eyes on Eric Schmidt because he's a he's a player, obviously because he ran Alphabet. But he's he, he is um, very deep. And I, 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 people are like, oh, Google's this big monster. After looking at this, every one of these CEOs or half of them, I could trace these companies back to Google. Yeah. So there you go. You know, and uh, Sergey Brin. His wife, what was the thing his wife did? It was a, ah, dang it. Maybe she's part of Quora with Adam D'Angelo. Uh, but anyway, it all goes back to Google, basically. Jens Stoltenberg, uh, who I guess is the NATO guy. Uh, Mustafa Suleiman, he is the deep mind guy. That's the, mm. like, A number one AI thing. I guess that goes to the ethics of artificial intelligence. And then Peter Thiel, who it was funny. I was looking up, uh, can they make tornadoes? <laughs> if you if you Google tornadoes and harp, you will definitely find articles on can they make tornadoes, but not as many as you used to. Google does not like to tell you about that. Yeah, uh, and if it does, it's certainly just in the guise of like complete conspiracy theory. But they, they have ways to control the weather. They use it as a force multiplier in Vietnam. I, I just read an article, I think, on Bloomberg or, or one of those that the Beijing Olympics, they controlled the weather for that. They stimulated the rain in advance, which is what the Vietnam pilot said they should have done for Katrina. That that if he said, if you see something like that coming, you just see the clouds out in the ocean. Like he thinks it's outrageous that they don't do that. You could say it's even more sinister. They're doing worse. I don't know. I believe the Vietnam war one was called operation Popeye. Really? Yeah. Excellent. I actually thought of just searching wiki for things, starting with the word operation. (laughs) That's a great idea. Isn't that a great idea? And then like, I could make that a segment for the next 10 years. I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, Peter Thiel, uh, Let's see, spearheading artificial tornadoes. And his pet project is this mimetics thing about the kind of uh, insane power of mimicry. I mean, if you control the media, if you control Google, the digital space that our kids are glued to and we're excluded from right now at this moment, like in the future, they'll be of the same generation, but who knows what's in store for their kids. Like that was one thing that was in Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope. Like you have to disconnect the parents from the kids. And the best way to do that is technology. So it was actually birth control in the 60s, like created a whole new person. Yeah. You know, Peter Thiel also was investing in research and to test done on rats to see if the the blood of younger rats – would have rejuvenated powers to the blood of older oh. rats. And? Yes, is what some of the, well, the studies they've done thus far have found. And that's when Maury says, babies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and I was reading something. I don't even know what when it was. I don't know what Google's worth. I just was reading old articles, and one of them said it was worth $80 billion. Like, it's not really plausible in a truly free market system for anything to be worth $80 billion. It it should, there's a thing about investing where in a truly free system, what you want to do is invest in a pure play and then make your own portfolio, the balance that you want and need for your risk profile and your stage in life and all that. And the only reason like you would have conglomerates 
Like a conglomerate usually breaks apart in a down market because it's inefficient in the way it raises capital, unless you have efficiencies that cannot be captured from third-party transactions. That's a little complicated. But Google shouldn't – it should be able that, – that indicates to me that it has little or no competition in many fields over time which really should not happen. There's an expression, the race to zero. The economic profitability goes to zero as people see outsized profits and enter the market. Now, maybe Google, maybe the $80 billion isn't really based on profits. Maybe it's it's running on a loss and it's being subsidized, but then who's subsidizing it? And there's just, it's just not a natural phenomenon. So when, when they use this excuse that they're outside the law for their censorship because it's a private company, I'm not buying it. Plus the origins, I mean, they're even whitewashed versions of Sergey Brin and his ties to the, to the real deep state. Anywho, let's wrap it up after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. That's a good one. That's a good drop. So, okay, we're wrapping it up. I was just reading this Bilderberg list. You can read it yourself. I just tweeted it at Monica Perez Show. It's got representatives from what I consider the biggies in military, industrial complex, finance, defense, energy, plus one, which is big tech, the big three influencers that Binkley turned us on to from Brookings, not that we didn't already know it, politics, academia, and media, plus one from the Brookings list or the CFR list, which was preachers in the church. That is the only sector not represented in this Bilderberg meeting. There is no like Unitarian thing or the head of the Vatican bank, none of that. So that makes me think that's the the dog that did not bark is really like that which must never been spoken of. So maybe it is the most powerful. I asked a really, a very high level dude once who he thought the most powerful person in the world was, and he said the Pope. I was surprised to hear that. But what I forgot to tell people about is, so you can find that on Twitter at Monica Perez Show, but... Uh, we have this great new feature on thepropreport.com, which is uh, the pool. Take a deep dive or dip a toe. It's got forums of different topics, and it's actually super duper awesome. It's like my own personal Twitter, but you can post your stories. It's a lot higher level than that. And uh, it was my way of kind of being a digital prepper to take myself off of that social media because – I got an email a while back that reminded me so much of the WordPress email I got that foreshadowed my being banned from that. And I got uh, I get demonetized and and had a video taken down off of YouTube for something that I could play on this show. So I just thought the hammer was coming, but then it ended up to be something super awesome. So check it out. That's at the prep report, the prop report dot com. And also go there to get this show commercial free on Wednesday mornings. And our podcast, Commercial Free, on Thursday mornings. And then if you subscribe or share it with your friends, that's great. It'll go up in the uh, search engine and it will have a more robust discourse. Until next week, see you next Saturday. This is Monica Perez.